The Stage Door Show. Celebrating the independent artist. With your host, Dave Hondell. Hi everybody, welcome to The Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondell. Uh, so excited to have tonight's guest. Besides being a really great guy, uh, you've seen him in TV shows such as Purgatory, uh, the long-running soap opera on NBC, Days of Our Lives. Uh, you've also seen him in movies, Being Rose, Texas Heart, American Cowslip, and Break Even, among many, many, many more. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Fellows. Eric, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on. You know, Eric, all the different various roles that you played, both on TV and film, uh, you worked with different, uh, you know, directors over that period of time. You know, how do you align yourself with the director that you're working with? I mean, obviously, they're all going to have different personalities that you have to get used to. So how do you, as an actor, uh, align yourself with the director that you're working with for each project? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, well, like you said, everyone's different. Right. Everyone's perspective on this business and how they prepare for things are different. You know, their their whole outlook on on how they, you know, the concept of even going into making a film. Uh, I, 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 over the years, I've just learned different tactics. I wouldn't say tactics, but learning curves of how to get to know people, uh, especially from the beginning. And if you haven't worked with them before, getting just kind of know them personally and seeing like, the, you know, the do's and the don'ts of what they, you know, what they do like and what they don't like and what you can compromise on. And uh, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm fully about wanting to, <clears throat> you know, engulf into the characters as much as I possibly can, but I'd love to be able to work with the director and discuss their, their thoughts on it yeah. and being able to work compromise on what I feel might work well and what they might, you know, and kind of it's like a give or take sort of thing and kind of just build a friendship from the beginning. Um, I try not to go in just with, you know, one set minded sort of yep. perspective on things because I think that's a little bit, I wouldn't say egotistical for an actor to walk in and do that or even a director to come in and say, listen, this is exactly how it should be. Because I think learning in the moment, for me, learning in the moment is the number one key to making any sort of project blossom. I'm all about like living, living in the moment and bringing the truth as much as possible. And everyone that I've worked with over the years, it's, it's always come down to just kind of like feeling each other out. You know what I mean? We're going to have differences at times. But in the end, I think if you both have the same goal in mind, that you'll achieve it, you know, deliver the best project possible. Right. You know, Eric, as an actor, have you ever had that moment where you're uh, delivering your lines and uh, you, you, you know, you want to maybe improv a little bit or, or maybe uh, you have an idea that you feel is going to be good for that scene or right for that scene. Have you ever, uh, you know, talked to a director and said, Hey, can we try something different here to see if it works? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually do that quite a bit. Um, <laughs> Early on, not so much. I think I was a little bit more scared to take that chance. Um, but as time has went on and more experience and working with some of the people that I've worked with, it's, it, a lot of it's confidence, man. Going in there, again, you know, you have to go in there with an open mind yep. and, and, and really just researching and being smart about your choices. So I think, yeah, no, I definitely like to improv, to go off, go off book. As, uh, I go off book as much as possible, but I also like to go off path a little bit sometimes to bring it back to seeing what we get out of it. Sure. So, I mean, I've had some differences with people in, over the years, but in the end, it's funny because we end up going to a compromise and, and they're, they're glad I took that chance. Um, I did it a lot in my last series, Purgatory. They kind of gave me free range to kind of run with it and it worked out in my favor. So, you know, it's, and it was a very interesting character to play. It was very insanely crazy. I, I felt as though it was necessary for me to kind of go off on a little bit of a different path than maybe how it was written 
to kind of like achieve what I wanted from this character. So yeah, I do it. I definitely do it for sure. So Purgatory, which you just mentioned, uh, in that series, you played an ex-con. So how did you get in that space mentally? You know, how did you prepare for that role? Well, um, I, you know, I don't know how you actually get prepared for a role like that because, you know, unless you're an absolute psychopath in general, <laughs> in real life, I don't know if there's a way to prepare for it. Again, I, I kind of went into it with an open mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what I did. I mean, I, I actually researched a lot of Ted Bundy because the way the character was written was there was no real, like, redemption for this character. Right. You know, I mean, the, the things that he was doing and, and how he was treating um, his, I would say, hostages or whatever you want to call it, who he kept captive in this show and kind of isolated them and kind of took advantage of the situations and, and, and this, the moments that he had. It was written in a way of being very, very abusive and very, very controlling. But I found, um, you know, the sensitivity and the vulnerability to the character that would make the audience kind of empathize with him as much as possible. And I, you know, I researched Ted Bunnings. I was like, okay, what, what, what type of character over the years that has, you know, done awful acts like this that people were still intrigued by? And, you know, women were lining up and still wanting to, like, marry this man. Men were intrigued by him. Like, they wanted to be him in, in odd ways. So I tried to find a little bit of that perspective in Bobby. Um, and I knew to, to entertain an audience and, and have an audience still, like, you know, empathize with you or, or be captivated by you. you have to find a charm in this this type of person yeah you know everybody everyone has a piece of humanity i mean even no matter how neurotically insane they are you, you still have they're so human there's reasons why people do what they do it doesn't make that it's the right choices to do those things in life but i think i found uh, kind of an even keel way to make bobby um human same time like you know, he, he came from a very dark past and an awful upbringing that kind of like made him resent life in a sort of way, but also wanted to find, he wanted, he once wanted to be loved. He was like a child, you know what I mean? So I think I found um, a, a middle ground to kind of show the audience that he was not just such an awful, awful human being that there are sides to them they could side with. Right, right. Uh, you know, and as an actor, Eric, you know, when you're on set with, uh, you know, people that have been around forever, like, you know, Sybil Shepard and James Brolin, Pam Greer and others. Uh, when you walk onto a set like that with so much, uh, you know, experience in the field of acting, I mean, do you feel like when you're on that set, uh, do you feel like, uh, you know, a student of acting, you know, you're still taking things away from your co-stars where uh, you're still learning? Well, initially, you know, the first time I'd ever worked with anyone kind of at that level, when I had done American Calcip, I worked with a crazy, like iconic, legendary cast, you know, um, Val, Val Kilmer being one of them. Sure. And um, Peter Falk, Rip Torn, yep. uh, Diane Ladd, um, Cloris Leachman. It was the, you know, Blake Clark. There was so many people that I'd you know, seen in films over the years and also came up watching and just iconic people. So, you know, working, I think the first time I worked with Val Kilmer, I was extremely starstruck at the time. Speaking, I just went and was all... Um, Top Gun Maverick and seeing Val Kilmer and that, yeah. and, you know, I walked out, of, I actually walked out of there going, yeah, I'm so happy and just um, grateful that I had even a chance to work with this man. So uh, I, at this point, I, I go into it kind of wanting to offer whatever I've adapted over the years, sure. uh, working beside some of these big stars to help me get to where I'm at. Um, but I do, yeah, learn, you know, I, I watch these people that I've looked up to over years in films, you know, that's kind of how I learned, how I learned anyway, is watching the people that I, you know, were intrigued by that I thought were 
really talented in, you know, sort of like, um, they had this, this artistic way of performing and made them, made them different. Um, but no, each time is a learning experience for me. Um, and even from newer actors, I mean, look, we're all, again, <clears throat> acting is just living in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can learn as much from a new actor than I can from someone who's been, you know, won Oscars, but I, I really, I, you know, I try to, to learn as much as I can and all, and also offer as much as I can when working with anyone. But yeah, no, I'm definitely um, like a kid going on to these sets. And especially if I get to work with someone like a Val Kilmer or Silver Shepard, James Rowland, you know, and growing up watching them as a kid, it's kind of surreal still when you get the chance to work with these people. And now that I'm friends with some of them and, you know, working now in, in future films coming up, it's just crazy. that I get to cast them now in films that I'm doing and producing or starring in again. Wow. That's amazing. That really is amazing. Uh, how, how, you know, careers evolve like that. Uh, you know, and when did you want to become an actor, Eric? I mean, when did you get that bug to want to be in front of the camera or on stage? I never wanted to be an actor. <laughs> I, you know, I can't say that. I, don't, I can't say that I never wanted to be an actor. It wasn't something I really thought about. I will say that when I was younger, I was um, enticed by films. I was, I, I early on, I remember watching being from the, you know, from early ages of, you know, six, five and six years old. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, Stand By Me is my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Goonies, uh, Weekend of Bernie's, all these films. I was a huge fan of Pretty Woman. Um, I understood the relationship between the two, very young, uh, which a 10-year-old boy doesn't really care about things like that. I played basketball, my, you know, as a young kid throughout in the high school. And that was actually my original uh, plan in life was to play basketball. And I was going to play professionally in Italy. Wow. I got injured in my senior year. And it kind of diverted me and I, into a different path. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And um, I guess at the age 18, I was introduced to a modeling agent in Washington, D.C., Baltimore yeah. area. Ended up starting to do some kind of local modeling. And then uh, I ended up moving to New York and giving a shot modeling in New York. And, and, you know, in high school, actually, I was taking a drama class when I was on the basketball team. And in my high school in Maryland, you know, drama and sports didn't really – coincide it was the, you know what right. i mean like you're, you're you're the sports people or you're the drum yeah i remember reading some shakespeare stuff <clears throat> in drama class and i was like i'm not reading this this is what is what is this <laughs> and i literally i remember i i like walked out i'm like i'm not i ended up dropping that class and it's funny because <clears throat> but i was always intrigued by movies and i knew a lot about uh actors in general for some reason i was really intrigued by it so it's funny how later in life it kind of did a full you know 180 back into this career that I never thought I would even have now it's been 20 years. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people I think, you know, maybe have plans to do something. Uh, most of us do, I think. And sometimes we pivot to, to doing different things and we become successful, uh, at those things that we, you know, never thought we would ever do. Uh, in the case of yourself, I mean, being so successful, your your work is amazing, Eric. And, you know, one of the pieces of work that I wanted to ask you about was being on Days of Our Lives. Uh, soap operas have always intrigued me and in how they actually uh, work behind the scenes. Um, you know, I, I assume that there's long work days, uh, ever-changing, you know, scripts uh, to, you know, kind of uh, accommodate storylines and so forth. So what was it like working on a soap opera? Uh, well, uh, initially nerve-wracking. I don't know if I ever really wanted to um, be on a daytime soap. I mean, you know, I, I'd auditioned for things for a few years, and I remember saying to myself, I don't know if I want to go that avenue. 
but I always hear how like um, vigorous the days were. I knew a lot of people that were on soaps. And I remember I had tested for uh, a soap when I had moved to LA, but it was back to go back to New York. And I, I love I me. Mean, I loved living in New York, but it was just, I was, it was cool that I moved to LA. I was like, New York is, is a grind, man. And, and yeah. I'm cool to go back. I'm cool to work there. But at this particular time, I had moved to LA after September 11th. I was cool. I was happy in LA. Um, and I didn't want to go back to New York. So I, I really didn't, I wasn't super excited to go and, 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 not that I wasn't grateful for an opportunity for being on soap. It just wasn't my, you know, my number one option right. at that time. And then I remember a week later, I auditioned for Days of Our Lives and I got it. It was in LA. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. And I had long hair at the time. I looked kind of ridiculous. And um, it, I, re I quickly realized like they weren't joking. Like it's, you get one take. That's it. You get one take on these subs. I mean, look, in the three, two and a half to three years I was on the show, I think I, I, maybe messed up twice meaning like because we're so nervous to mess up they, even if you fumble a line they kind of just keep it really it's almost like doing live theater without the audience right and even the setup the stage setup how they shoot it you know four camera setup and it's nerve-wracking man i'm not gonna lie to you but i'll tell you what it, it's it's a it's an amazing training base and, and the confidence it, it instills in you as an actor just as long you know i you know i always wanted to make sure i never allowed that just to um take over like me and my ability as an actor to kind of like venture outside of that sort of realm of acting because people, there is a style to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a style to it, a delivery to it. A lot of those actors are amazing actors, but there is a pace to the shows. And then when you try to outdo that, it doesn't really work, but no, it was nerve wracking. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Like if you got through your lines, you're like, thank you God. Each time, because you're like, dude, they're all place you in a second, man. If you, if you can't keep up. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, I'm not speaking, for you know everyone but it's like you know yeah i mean look you can't go in there and keep you don't get like 10 takes you can't break character right yeah no or a movie where you get you know 20 takes uh it's it's it's, it's stressful but it's also builds a confidence like i said inside you that kind of sets the tone for you and your moving forward in your career and that i think that if people didn't have the opportunity to do it um if they do ever got, get an opportunity i would say definitely do it because you know, people think that the stigma on this and that, as long as you know yourself, the true you, and what you can bring to the table, then you, you can do all kinds of different, you know, acting and TV, primetime soaps. I mean, a lot of a lot of primetimes is, is soaps, too. It just depends on the genre of what show right. you're, you're in. So, you know, film is very different. Um, but it all comes into play regardless. Confidence right. is the number one key. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely grateful for for my stand on Disney Lives for sure. Right. Do you have a crazy audition story? Yeah. <laughs> What's your craziest? Oh, God. I have a handful, man. <laughs> you know, I can't remember the name of the show now, but it was a, It was like, I would say, it's, I don't even know, man, probably six, seven years ago, I auditioned um, for a Tyler Perry show. It was the first time I'd ever auditioned in front of Tyler Perry. And I went in there. I had worked on the scene. It wasn't too far-fetched of a character for me. He was like a, you know, a, a very confident sort of, you know, leading guy type of character that just carried his own weight. And I went in there and it was in this big conference room. It was in a hotel in LA. You know, I heard that Tyler's a, it's a nice guy, but he's intimidating and he's a big man. But when I walked in the conference room, like the camera was like 20 feet back and I had to stand like this far away from it. And behind right, right. that was... Tyler at a, at a table and yeah. then like his whole crew behind him <laughs> and I walked in 
And I had everything memorized. At least I thought, well, let me tell you something. I walk in, I put my sides on a chair about 20 feet where the door is. And I stepped in the middle of the room and he says, hello, but he has my headshot and he's kind of just flipping it over, looking at the headshot, looking at my credits. And everyone, again, everyone was behind him. He goes, when you're ready. So we started this scene. I knocked out the first page, had it all memorized, whatever. Sure. Uh, again, I live in the moment, so I don't really take it all too, I don't take it all too serious. I'm just living it. And at this time, I've actually come a long way from that moment, but I got in my head so much. So basically, so the second scene started, uh, we went to the second scene, feeling good. Halfway down the uh, second scene, the reader had said their lines and I went, and I went to go deliver my life. And I went, oh God, I could, I, I, you know, I blanked. Because what I noticed was I saw my peripheral, I was seeing Tyler not really looking at me. He kept, he just was staring at my headshot. And I knew I didn't have his, I feel like I didn't have his attention. So it threw me off. So I went and then they're like, they're like, okay. And they said their line again. And I, and I went, I said, but, and I was like, my head, I started shaking. I couldn't even think of my name. No way. So basically, it gets way, it gets way, way, way worse. And That's then kind of cool. So basically, he looks up from my headshot and he says, is there, a, with his deep voice, he's like, is there a problem? And I said, um, uh, do you mind if, he's like, um, he goes, where's your signs? And I go, and I look over and he just looks back down and he goes, thank you for coming in. And I go, oh God. And I didn't say it out loud. They're all just quiet. So I'm thinking, okay, I worked really hard on this scene. Right. Oh, it seemed like I was being a little cocky and arrogant. I worked really hard on it. I said, um, Mr. Perry, I, do, you, do you mind if I, I was like stuttering. Do you mind if I go get my, he goes, I said, thank you very much for coming in. Have a nice day. I've seen enough. And I go, I didn't know what to do, man. Right. I was like in the middle of the freaking conference room. Everyone right. staring me quiet. And he's just oh. so intimidating. It wasn't even like he was being me. I just was in shock. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when they're quiet, it's more intimidating because you don't know what they're thinking. Of course. Then I, I, I start to proceed to start to walk towards the door. And I go, Mr. Perry. And he goes, yes, Mr. Fellows. And I said, do you mind if I go again? And he goes, I said, thank you for coming in. Have a nice day. So I go to grab my sides and I, I wouldn't stop, man. I said, and I walked back. I said, Mr. Perry, please, I worked really hard on this. He goes, oh, did you really? Yeah. You, did, you worked so hard on it that you thought that leaving your sides across the room was a smart idea. And I said, I, I said, he goes, and he just looked at me. It was silent. I said, I would really like to finish this. And he goes, I said, have a nice day. And I go, I don't know what to do, man. It was like one of the most shocking moments. So I literally said, I, I said, Mr. Perry, I'm going to finish the scene. And he looked at me and he goes, huh. and he started laughing. He goes, this is what he said. He goes, you're lucky you're talented, man, because that is irresponsible of you. He goes, get back over there and finish the scene then. You want to finish the scene? Finish the scene. You had your sides with you this time. So I brought my sides. But get this, <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah. Even with the sides now, they're all just staring at me. My hands are like this. And he goes, what's the issue? You have your sides. And I looked at him. He goes, just do it. And I go, I throw the sides down on the ground <laughs> wow. and I started going through oh it. He goes, God. he looked at me, started laughing. He goes, you're, he goes, you're unbelievable. Started doing it. And he goes, Eric, why are you nervous? And I said, you know what? And I said like this, I was like, F it. I said, yes. let's go. I went through it. I did the scene and he goes, he goes, all right, get out of here. 
And I left, and I'm like, dude, he's never going to see me again. Anyway, I got a call from my agent. I didn't tell him. He goes, he goes, oh, I don't know what you did. You got a pin in you. You're on hold. I go, what? And I got told him the whole story. He's like, Eric, don't ever do that again. Wow. I didn't end up getting it. It was between me and another guy for a while. But you know what, man? If I would have quit, if I would have given up on something on my moment, even though I'm the one who was in the wrong, I learned that, well, first of all, quitting doesn't get you anywhere. I can promise you that it's easy to quit. I'm a fighter and I, uh, I'm, I wasn't willing to back down. Regardless, buddy, if you would ever see me again or not, I wasn't willing to back down. I mean, I would say that's one of the scarier moments. I mean, I've had some crazy, funny, weird moments or just things that you're like, you know, you got this and you're just blank, dude. It happens to the best of them. So that was probably one of the more interesting ones, I would say. Wow. You know, for everybody listening right now, that's an amazing story uh, of determination and just not giving up. You know, no matter who's sitting at that table, you know, you had the determination and the confidence to carry on and complete what you, you know, set out to do. And you had the confidence to tell Tyler Perry that you're going to finish that scene. And he let you do it, right? So yeah, I'm grateful for that because ever since, you know, in each each project, each time I get a chance to work, you know, on, on um, projects that are, you know, I'm passionate for whatever, I learn something new every time. And my fear, I don't have fear. Of any, it really, of any of it, what do we really fear for for? We're, we're, to get approval? I mean, at the end of the day, man, you work for, you work to, to, to work hard to, to, to accomplish your, your goals and your passion for something that you really have put so much time and effort into. Allowing people to um, be the judgment on that. And again, that is what, what we're, we're there for. We're, you know, we're so worried about what they think of us and how well we're going to do. But really what they want to see you do is just go in there, give it your best efforts and be you. And bring the best you you can to it and the most authentic you you can to a character. And, you know, I, that's all. And I've, I've learned that over the years. Uh, I'm, if anything, I'm excited to, to, to go in or whatever. I mean, audition is not an easy process, man. You know what I mean? You're going to get nervous. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Some of your better actors in the world aren't great auditioners. It's what you bring to the table when you're there. And if you're not nervous, then something's wrong, right? It brings the authenticity to it, man. And in life, like we don't know what we were, I didn't know what we're going to talk about today exactly. So I'm answering these questions as truthful as I possibly can. If I, you know, and there's times you, you, you pre, pre-plan things or whatever, but I really believe you don't know what the next person's going to ask you or do or how they're going to say something. So how are you, how do you know how you're going to react? You know what I mean? Like you don't know situations before they happen. This is life. I've really had to make myself aware of that and not be scared of those moments because that's the moments that we all live. For. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's well said, Eric. You know, as you know, I mean, this business can be unforgiving and there's a lot of actors out there that uh, hear a lot of no's. Obviously, every actor hears more no's than they hear yeses. But, you know, there there's a lot of actors out there that are so close to either getting that break or getting that one yes that they're waiting for. Uh, yet they're so close to walking away. And, and uh, what what advice can you give that actor that's uh, so close to realizing their dream, yet they're about to walk away from the craft that they love so much? Uh, I would say that, let me tell you something. I mean, over the last 20 years, as many times as, as I've been down or been, you know, felt like my life, you know, what's happening here? Why, why, not, why me? Why me? Why can't I get it? Like, if I would have, you know, taken each moment when I was ready to give up, if I would have walked away, I wouldn't even be in the position I'm in now. I had to take all those no's to get that yes. You know what I mean? Like you have to, unfortunately in life, you, you, you don't know what you're going to be dealt. 
You know what I mean? All of us just, when things get tough, walk away because they think that it's just not going to happen. Then, then you will cut yourself short. I think that there is, you know, when I say there's luck involved, I mean, I think you, you position yourself for this luck. You know what right. I mean? I mean, is it a lottery? Is it this? It's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. I mean, in each year it keeps getting more and more oversaturated with everyone and all the outlets and types of media, you know, reality TV changed a lot of the game years ago. And we're yeah. trying to all kind of filtrate through that and figure this all out. But there are a lot of opportunities. I think all the platforms that have come out have given people opportunities to show their talents more than ever. The business has changed. The business model has changed. But I mean, if you, it, 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 I would tell, tell anyone, man, number one thing is you, you have to believe in yourself more than anyone who's watching you because yeah. it, they'll know. People know. They want to look up to you, man. They want to learn from you. Steven Spielberg wants to hire someone that he actually wants to look up to and learn something from too. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So if you can, if, if you have, if you've gotten yourself to this position and you've been fighting this hard, you keep getting those nose. I would say if you're not 150% sure that 200, 1 billion percent positive, this is what you want to do, then maybe it isn't the business for you. That's how much effort it takes 24 seven that you have to wake up knowing that you're enough. So, I mean, look, it's, it's not easy. I get told no all the time. I had to work. I mean, a lot of things came easier to me at times, but then I've been humbled many times. I've right. had to learn from that. I had to pick myself back up and I had to keep going. So I would say quitting is easy, man. You know, but sticking with it's the hard part. But I promise if you believe in yourself that much and you've got innate talent for it, you, you're willing to learn and, and keep fighting and getting better. You know, you, an actor isn't someone that's just, like plateaus of like their talent. You're learning new things every day. You're the best now ever. Yeah, maybe the opportunities were at one point, the pinnacle point, but it doesn't mean you're going to like just plateau of how you perform. These are choices that we make. So I would say giving up is never a great choice, but sometimes, you know, if you've lost the, the passion for it, if it's something that you feel as though you're not fully two feet in, you know, fully invested, then, then maybe you do need to rethink. But if your passion is there, don't let, let those no's take away your dream, man, because if that was the case, I would have walked away a long time ago. Yeah, that's great advice, Eric. Thank you for that. Um, Eric, now if there's one dream role out there uh, that you've always wanted to play, uh, what would that role be? <laughs> I've been asked this question a lot. Um, to be honest with you, I, I just like to try different characters out at this point. I mean, you know, because coming from the soap world and kind of getting that, that stereotype or cast type as like sort of, uh, you know, leading guy, um, I mean, I've gotten to play a lot of sort of edgier characters because of my look a little bit, like I'm still like the leading guy could sure. be, you know, Dave, make me look like the guy next door, but also have a look at where I could play the nemesis. And, and I like playing a lot of those roles. I kind of like playing the bad boy, but I played the bad boy quite a bit. I don't play the good guy that often. I played a good guy a few things, but it always seems like there's this edge. I don't know, man. I mean, I've done a lot of dark comedy. I have a, a couple of really cool films coming out from the comedy perspective. Um, I got to kind of play like my, my movie um, movie that's coming out soon. Um, it's been in the making for a while and it got put up postponed multiple times. It's a movie about Hollywood called Starfucker and it literally is, uh, it's, it's a crazy <laughs> film. Man. It's, a, it's a dark comedy drama all in one. Uh, Jimmy Starr, he's kind of the quintessential actor he's on this viral downward spiral spiral in, in Hollywood on his way to try to do whatever he takes to make it. And we, we right. really didn't hold back. You know, we, he, he kind of like follows his life and what he's 
the, the, the trials and tribulations of an actor in Hollywood and a lot of things I've actually experienced. So playing the role wasn't extremely far-fetched, but it was surreal to be living, reliving moments on screen that you've been through. Like to that depth of an understanding, like, you know, we've screened it a few times. People are like, I can't tell if I'm watching you or if I'm watching Jimmy Starr. Be able to play out a movie within your own life. What you would think is like, oh, that should be simple. And it didn't come very hard to me. I kind of just did. But when I'm watching it, it's surreal to watch because he is different than me. But he's a lot like me. He's different yet the same. He's probably going through the same thing you went through. I think I've been through even worse. Yeah. Pretty severe. But it'll be, getting, it'll be coming out um, on Tubi uh in in the following months um we don't have a release date yet so it'll be coming out soon and i have a really cool movie coming out called uh, divorce state um samuel goodwin films oh. picked it up Goldman okay picked it up samuel yeah, Goldman, yeah. Sorry, goodwin. uh so it got a theatrical deal it'll be coming out in the fall um really cool uh rashi dark comedy rom-com really quirky cool character in that film as well um so to say like what character uh you know probably maybe like a Someone who, like, a maybe, like, sort of, like, I mean, I played a sociopath. I played, you know, maybe sort of, like, a Dexter character. A twisted, sort of, like, charming, sort of, like, manipulative, but, like, serial killer, but also. But, again, it's sort of similar to something I played, but not fully. I don't know. Maybe someone of, of um, being a character with a, some sort of disability it would make me, it would challenge me. Um, you know, you have to. You have to be fearless, man. You, you yeah. really do. You can't worry about what, what the what the next person is going to say. Those are things that's hard to let go as an actor. I mean, some of your best actors out there still fall into that pattern of worrying about. You really have to let go of all ambition. You, you really can't be fearful of that stuff. And it's easy for me to say this because it's like you know, be you put in that moment. But yeah. I have really learned to not care. You know, as much as I possibly cannot care about what, what the next person is going to say and right. just be. Um, but that, yeah, some of the disability, I mean, I think would be challenging. Um, I would be intrigued to take it on. You know, um, Eric, before we leave, I just want to ask you this question. What do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done um, years down the road? What do you want people to walk away with when they think of Eric Fellows? Uh Kind of everything I really kind of said. I mean, just someone that wasn't, this wasn't the course of my life that I thought I was going to have. Um, that it, there, it, there doesn't always have to be an answer for things. I think I would like to be remembered for someone who gave it his all. Right. Uh, you know, I've been humbled a billion times. I would like to be, you know, I would like my legacy to be left that I was trying to be the best human I could possibly be and care as much as I could. And someone that could, entertain them and make them laugh and also scare them at the same time, but also just be a cool person. I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm all about being a good person these days, man. Not that I was ever a bad person, but you know, you have to go through things to learn. I like to be remembered someone that was entertaining and someone that say that was a good guy. You know what I mean? Like that's someone I just get, I, I'm, I fight as much as I can and fight as hard as I can every day of my life. Someone that I didn't, someone I'd never quit and just really push as hard as he could and wherever it goes, it goes. So just, I would say a nice guy. <laughs> that was you know, willing to keep fight to the end. Well, Eric, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, and thank you so much for being so open about your uh, experiences as a as an actor. I think those will definitely help our listeners 
uh, you know, get to that next level, um, or at least have that inspiration to do so. And also, best of luck to you and all your your projects that you're working on right now. And you're always welcome on the show at any time, Eric. So again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, man. I, I had a great time, and I really appreciate yeah. the questions. Actually, they were all very cool. Thank you so much, Eric. <laughs>